Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the podcast, we're joined by our sales team, Director of Sales, Tom Foster, Enterprise Account Executive, Quinn Walsh, and Account Executive, Sam Penrod. They're talking with us about our experience with supply chain woes during the pandemic and how we were affected in ways you might not have thought about. In fact, we hadn't fully considered the impact. So the team members share with us about their experience, what we learned, and tips for listeners for how to handle areas outside of your control. Enjoy the episode. Well, I'm so excited to be back on the podcast with our sales team. Tom, welcome back. Thank you, Sarah. Good to be back. Absolutely. Quinn, it's been a while since we've had you here. Hi, how's it going? Good to see you. And Sam, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks. Good to see you, Sarah. All right. So all of us have been affected by supply chain challenges since the pandemic began. And now some people might not realize how this can impact a software company. And since we're a software company that offers hardware for convenience, let's start talking about with what we've noticed about hardware sales as we've moved through waves of the pandemic. Sam, what can you share with us? Yeah, um, I think in my four years of working at the receptionist, we haven't really run into any issues like this. So it was a bit of a surprise when um, our team member, Eduardo, let us know that we were we were getting short. But yeah, I, I think as far as how it's affected my customers, it's it's interesting hearing how many people um, have delays themselves. So uh, for instance, I, I was just talking to a customer this morning and um, he mentioned he, he's a fruit importer out of Miami. And he was mentioning that, you know, they're having trouble with uh, truck drivers, which I just would have never imagined. So yeah, I think it's been affecting us all pretty differently, but uh, hopefully we've been able to stay on our toes too a bit. And to add to that, uh, what Sam was saying is during the uh, the different waves, if you will, like we're noticing when we've got the first wave of vaccines, all of a sudden hardware and software sales, go, oh, we're going back. People were buying like crazy and then, oh, it'd go back down. Oh, we're going back. Oh, it, it's gone through that quite a few times. So we are getting used to the the different fluctuations, although we did have our highest hardware sale month ever in the month in 2021, which was very, very cool. But yeah, it is a new thing running out of items for us. That's for sure. Yeah. And Tom, talk to us a little bit more about how this availability of the hardware impacted the number of customers we gained. You alluded to it. You said we had a lot of sales, but talk to us about the amount of customers. Well, I mean, not to go off of somebody else's woes, but you know, there yeah. were people that were hopping into our chat saying, uh, hey, do you have hardware available? And we're like, yeah, they're like, great. Can we place an order now? Because they were planning on coming back to the office and they know that they needed a way to track their visitors, their employees, their customers, everybody that was walking in and have a record for things like contact tracing. So because we did have a stockpile, um, it did help us. I wouldn't say it increased sales by 10% or anything weird like that, but it was, an, it was noticeable when you were in our chat that people were like, thank goodness, because you could tell that they had been searching places like you know, Amazon and eBay and seeing that you know, a printer that's normally a couple hundred bucks was now 800 and we're like, whoa. It's kind of like what happened with toilet paper back at the beginning of the pandemic. A little bit, things got a little crazy there for a while. Absolutely. 
And now recently we experienced some of the other woes that have plagued other business types. Quinn, can you tell us a little bit more about what's been happening? Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, Sam kind of mentioned it early on, but, you know, I think that this was just something that that we didn't expect and and, and it's been uh, experienced worldwide, you know, and in all sorts of industries, you know, it's, it's, um, it's everywhere. And, and to Sam's uh, example of fruit importer, you know, there's, there's, there's driver issues and shortages. And, and so just, it's, it's affecting a lot of different areas. And, and it's something that, you know, we didn't really expect, you know, back in the, the early days of the receptionist, you know, we, we maybe kept five printers on hand. And, and so maybe we got into some trouble way back when, um, but as we've kind of grown as a company, we kind of got a better understanding of, of, uh, how many we could potentially sell in a month. You know, we, we kind of increase those par levels, what we call them. So, you know, we wouldn't just hold five on hand, you know, we, we hold 20 on hand. And then as, as we continue to grow and ramp up as a, as a company, um, we would increase that so that we just didn't have to worry about that. Um, and, and so this was just kind of an unprecedented, uh, issue because we, we thought that we were doing all that we could to make sure that we had ever, uh, all the hardware that we needed on hand. So, um, that's just been an example of, uh, of, of something that we've done in the past and, and have gotten to a point that, um, it, it still didn't matter for this one. All right. And to, to further expand upon this, like we had a little bit of the supply chain issue, if you will, when COVID first started is, uh, the cords, cause we had to buy specific cords in white and black based on the stand. And we would get them from different suppliers. And all of a sudden, there was a complete run on cords, which spent, I don't know how many hours of us trying to figure out where do we buy cords? We had three people on eBay and on, like, it was really crazy, even at that time. And maybe this is just the naivete of not ever experiencing this before, but I didn't personally think about where, what's going to happen with iPads, what's going to happen with stands when we finally got the cord situation uh, taken care of. And now the supplier that we actually get our stands from has the cords as well. So it's good. So I think that was the first freak out moment for us of, well, what do we do? Because we have all these hardware sales coming in, but we're missing this one little tiny component. And we did have this, a similar thing happen with, um, with the charging bricks. When Apple was so kind for, to change from USB normal to USB-C and not tell anybody our, our shipper was sending out the regular old bricks. You know, those are the things you plug them in. Uh, with the new cords and customers were like, hey, uh, what's going on? So we did have to uh, kind of, would say not backtrack a little bit, but really start to hone in on that part, which we got down. Had we looked a little bit a year further down the road, maybe we would have seen that we were going to see this again. But I think that was one of the things that was really surprising for us as a company to see it right there at the very, very beginning. It was like April or May, we were out of cords. So it was, it was really, and that was in 2020. So it was really crazy. Yeah. And as we, as we know, these waves of the pandemic, it just keeps going and the challenges change and evolve and you think you've got it set and then it changes again. Um, but we like to make sure that we're really communicating with our customers. So for those customers that made orders while we were waiting for things like cords or more printers to come in, what was the general tone and communication like Quinn? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it goes back to kind of our values as a company and, and what we really wanted to do was have open, honest and, and authentic conversations with people. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we set the stage properly and, and kind of let people know the situation that we were in. And, um, you know, we, we let them make the decision of how they'd like to proceed with that hardware sale. Um, and so we gave people options of, um, you know, waiting for the entire shipment or, you know, shipping the, the iPad and stand first, followed by the printer, whenever that happens. 
Um, so we, we definitely gave people the option of, of what made the most sense for them. Um, and they could also um, go ahead and, and purchase their own hardware too, which we, we give that option to folks too. So, you know, I think that it came down to um, us being open and honest. Uh, the last thing that we wanted to do was, was over promise and under deliver. And so by setting that, that stage or uh, early on, um, it, it allowed people to make the, the decision that was best for them. And, and it didn't, you know, require us to overextend ourselves. Um, and I think that that created a, a good rapport with these uh, with these customers. Yeah. Um, and to go off that too, to kind of echo what Quinn said, I feel like the best thing we can do for ourselves and for our customers is set expectations. And so whether that's telling them, you know, what we know now when they place the order, keeping them updated when possible, understanding, you know, who, uh, which orders were, I don't want to say like more important per se, but just more timely, if you will, uh, certain had, had certain deadlines. And, you know, I think I just tried to make uh, light of it, uh, joke around a little bit with customers because I think everyone's going through the supply chain issues. So uh, there was a lot of relatability as far as the conver- in the conversations um, because it's it's not like we're the only ones dealing with with these issues. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and one other thing on that is that when dealing with the back end side of the suppliers, talking about general tone and communication is over communicating is good. Even if you don't know what is happening, like if you don't have an answer, just saying, hey, I, I don't have an update for you. Sorry. We'll just. That I think is the one big thing that def- differentiates an authentic company from one that's trying to like hide a little bit is that, you know, hey, look, we're all in the same boat. All of us just went through Christmas. How many of us didn't get our items? Uh, my son's sweatshirt, for example, didn't come till January 4th. Like, okay, it's just part of life. But I think some of those uh, people that may be hiding behind it because they don't know what to say, just be authentic to your your customers and say, hey, look, I don't have an answer for you at this point. I apologize and move on. And I think the, the the situations and the conversations that could have potentially uh, been a negative tone were positive because we were just like, hey, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the answer. And they're like, well, we don't either. So, okay, we're all in the same boat. At least thank you for the non-answer answer, if that is even a thing. It, it works because it's just open and honest in who we are as people. So, Agreed. I, I know I would prefer a, a non-answer answer than no answer at all. I think a lot of people are nodding their heads and agreeing with that. So we've talked already about sort of the customer side. Um, Let's shift a little more internally. So knowing that we were dealing with this issue and had it coming, Tom, talk to us about any creativity or pivoting that occurred to help us deal with these delays. Yeah. um, So there was a lot that happened on the back end. We learned a lot about where you can buy things. (laughs) We also learned that there was nobody in charge of supply chain issues like or that we've ever had to experience like we talked about earlier. Um, we had a couple of team members that really, really, really stepped up. Uh, Sarah, she stepped up and really helped keep us as a sales team organized because we're moving 150 miles an hour and she helped us keep organized. And, and Eduardo really looked for and found some different avenues where we could uh, purchase uh, different, different things. Even if it cost us more and we were selling it at a loss, we had to meet those customers' deadlines of opening dates and things like that, as Sam has alluded to. And we did it. And we didn't go to the customer and say, we need this, that, or the other thing. We just did what we did because it allowed us to just push it off a little bit. But yet, like if it came to the point where we're like running down on a deadline, we're not going to disappoint our customers. Um, as Quinn had said, we're going to under promise and over deliver, not do the opposite. 
but I really, so a creative thing, if you will. And I know uh, Sam and Quinn, especially Quinn laughed at this when I said it, I was like, well, we're out of printers. Why don't we just buy a bunch of those labels? Like, hello, my name is, and send people a bunch of uh, Sharpies. Because it was at that point where we did not know literally when we were going to get printers in. And we had customers who were like, I, I, everything's working. I need a printer. I got to have them. We have a, a situation. You know, thankfully, I don't think we sent any of those out. Did we, Quinn? Did we send any of those? <laughs> no. I was, go I was going to ask if you, if you didn't give the answer, the, the listeners would want to know, did you ship any Sharpies and labels? No, but we had them at the ready. <laughs> okay, good. We were ready to go. You know, I mean, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. I mean, it wasn't an ideal solution. But again, most of the people that I, I was talking to, I was like, hey, I can do this. They were like, well, uh, eh, it's not that important. Or they would go spend $800 on a printer because they needed it um, at that particular point. And that's just how it was. But it did allow us to kind of reevaluate to some of the, the uh, values of folks that are in the supply chain, like the people that you're buying from. Do they overpromise and underdeliver, or do they underpromise and overdeliver? How, how are they? Um, so it's really helped to open a lot of eyes. And I think as everything that's a challenge, it becomes a real learning situation and a real bonding situation for the company. Everybody, even marketing was involved, creating us the little image that went on our website store that said backordered. It was just another sense of collaboration for everybody. Feeling the anxiety of not having some of the items that we needed um, like recently, a week ago, we were, we all thought we were out of uh, wall mounts and Eduardo was like, no, we have them. And we're like, oh, <laughs> so we're still coming out of it, but it is one of those things where it is being creative. And I think the creativity comes from other members of the team, just understanding how the values are of the company and just saying, hey, I don't know what to do here, but I'm going to figure it out and just making it happen. We were in a leadership or growth meeting. Eduardo comes running in. I found 58 printers. Can I get them right now? I mean, it was literally like one of those situations and we had them in our office in a couple of days. So it's going above and beyond, I think, is what it helped a lot of the team members do. So since we do value such radical support, Sam, what was it like to only be able to keep our customers mostly happy and maybe not hit that true level of radical support that is so important to us? Yeah, um, I just, you know, at the end of the day, we as we've all alluded to, we weren't really expecting this to happen, even though we probably sh should have expected to happen. So I feel like there was a lot to learn. And there was a couple team members that are not here right now, but Sarah and Eduardo that, you know, Sarah really helped us internally creating, um, you know, sheets for us to make sure we had our customers listed on there. So we know who needed uh, a printer to be, to be shipped out to. And she really stayed on top of the organization internally. And then Eduardo, he's the one that really manages the relationship between um, our vendors and um, the folks that actually ship out the hardware for us. And so he did a really good job at staying on top of the vendors, checking in for updates, and then relaying those updates to us. So I don't think it would have gone as smoothly if we didn't have the support from both of them. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for a company that we really want to exceed people's expectations, it's hard when we can't do that. But as you've said, really communicating, delivering where we can, making sure that they know what to expect. All of that is really important to if we can't have that extreme radical support, we're going to do everything we can in our control to make sure that we ultimately get there. Mm hmm. So we've talked about this in other areas and kind of alluded to it now is it doesn't make sense to try and control the things you can't control, which is the printers coming over on ships and when are the bricks ultimately going to arrive. So 
What final tips do we have for our listeners based on this experience and what we've learned from it? Quinn, what can you share as our final thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I think setting the stage or setting the tone properly at the beginning is, is, is extremely helpful. Be willing to be flexible, um, again, of, of things that are out of our control. Um, I think that everybody on this team and this company desperately wanted those printers to be in for our customers. I don't think there was anybody that was just saying, okay, cool, this is fine, um, or, or that this is something that we can get by with. You know, everybody wanted to, to, to be able to deliver that, you know, to our customers. So I, I think that at the end of the day, things that are out of our control, we just have to be make sure that, that, that we're as flexible as we can um, and, and really the information as, as clearly as we can. And Sam, what about you? Final tips or thoughts for our listeners based on what we've learned or experienced? Yeah, it, it helped me understand more about consumerism and um, just how much we rely on the supply chain, the global supply chain, and how lucky we are to, you know, have the normal shipping and the normal, how it normally goes so smoothly without things messing up. So uh, just kind of kind of appreciative on that front. And as far as cut the customers go, I feel like being able to be patient you know, I know we live in like a world where everything's pretty instant, you know, and so having patience and working on patience right now, I think is key, which I think a lot of people have probably learned over the pandemic. And per usual, just always trying to set expectations. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity when you set expectations with your team and your customers. So being able to build that trust over time with setting expectations, I feel like was a win at the end of the day. Absolutely. And Tom, take us home on this topic. What are the final thoughts or points you want to make for our listeners? Well, yeah, when it comes to things that are out of your control, when you look back through the last couple of years of the pandemic is, is really measure yourself on the things that you can control. Like not having printers or not having a part or depending on what kind of business you're in, look at it and use it as an opportunity to expand that relationship with your internal team and your customers at the same point. You know, at the beginning, we were like, our supplier, well, well I, I'll just, I won't mention names, but somebody was saying that we were going to have certain things at a specific period of time. And then that didn't happen. And then it didn't happen again. And it didn't happen again. If you don't know the answer, I think the big takeaway is a, just be authentic. Just, I don't have the answer right now. The, as I said earlier, the non-answer answer is at least a better answer than it'll be here tomorrow. And it's not. And look for clues when they're coming down the road and try to get ahead of these things. Like we're so far ahead of it now that I'm pretty stoked about where we're at as far, far as printers in particular. But it's just one of those things where when you're growing your company is look for all the possible bottlenecks. And when you find one that I hadn't considered it, I don't think any of us had really considered it because everything's pretty reliably uh, available. So look for those bottlenecks as you're building your company um, and stay ahead of it. Well, great. Thank you all for being here to talk to us about how we experienced the supply chain issues, how we dealt with it, and some really great tips for our listeners. So thank you all for being here today. Thanks for having us, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to today's episode and learning more about how we were affected by the supply chain issues. If you'd like to watch a recording of today's episode, you can check it out at thereceptionist.com.